Snow's Death, starring Nicole and Jemmy and Maria QK. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mother Knows Death. We're going to get into the story of the week because we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Oh, my God. First, we're going to talk about this absolute flight from hell. I don't even know what to think about this. An Alaskan Airlines flight the other day took off from Portland, Oregon, and was going to Ontario, not Canada, but California, which is right outside of Los Angeles. It's about a two-hour flight. There was 171 passengers on board. So right after they took off, they were about 16,000 feet in the air. There was a loud boom and then a rush of air. The plane jolted and the oxygen mass fell. So how would you feel right in that moment, not knowing what was going on? I would just drop dead. What do you think? I <laughs> so I so listen, I wanted to say that I, I kind of always low grade have this in the back of my mind because of a post that I did in the gross room maybe a year or two ago a high-profile death dissection on Southwest Flight 1380 and the death of Jennifer Riordan. She, this happened in Philadelphia at the Philadelphia, like close to the Philadelphia airport. That's where they made the emergency landing. And a piece of the engine had broken off and hit the window and she was sucked out of the airplane. So, and, and actually our guest writer, Michelle Poe, also wrote an article about these kinds of things happening. So this has happened before. So it is always low grade on the back of my mind. So I wouldn't be 100% shocked if it happened, but I'd still drop dead. Oh, uh, yeah, that when we covered that story, I felt so anxious about just reading it, like absolute horror story. So while this is happening, a boy sitting near this hole in the plane, his shirt sucked right off his body. People's AirPods came out of their ears. Their phones flew out. All this crazy stuff. So it turns out that this area of the fuselage, which is like the main body of the plane where the passengers sit, blew off. It was called a plug door, which is put in place of an emergency exit door, and it just blew right off. So they're getting a lot of scrutiny because this plane was a Boeing 737 MAX 9. Ironically enough, I don't know if you read this, there is 171 of these Boeing airplanes, like the 171 passengers, in use by various airlines, including Alaska Airlines and United. So after this incident, let me go back really quick. They were able to land safely. Nobody got injured. Someone went to the hospital, but everybody ended up being okay. Besides the major PTSD, they're going to have the rest of their (laughs) lives. But so they grounded all of these Boeing model of airplanes, and upon inspection, United has found that all of their models, the bolts were loose on all of them. So how awesome is that? If this situation didn't happen, there could have potentially been many more issues. Well, they were also having issues with it with the plane that did have the accident, was losing cabin pressure, and it was to the point where they said, hey, like, don't fly this plane on any long flights anymore over the ocean or anything in case it needs to land. So I just think that the scariest part to me is, well, are there planes that we're getting on that they just don't tell you that we don't think this thing's safe enough to go over a long flight, but we're just going to put it you on it in case there's an emergency landing. I just think it's so messed up. No, it is really messed up. And also concerningly, Alaska Air Airlines grounded all of their models of these planes because that was the FAA requirement. 
And they immediately said they were fine, put them back into service. And the FAA was like, hold up a minute. We're not done. So put them back. We're not you're not putting them back in service. And as of this morning, they're still under investigation and the planes are still getting inspections. So, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, there were some incidents with Boeing's that really stood out in 2018 and 2019. There were um, two issues that caused over 300 people to die overseas where the planes crashed due to a design flaw. That Malaysian flight that went missing was also a Boeing, so think about that. And because of these incidents, there's been a Boeing-specific documentary made on Netflix and a whole separate documentary about the Malaysian airline that went missing. And basically, they came to the conclusion that the people running Boeing are so worried about making a profit instead of the safety standards that it really makes me hesitant to ever book a flight on a Boeing model plane. Yeah, it does. You know, Boeing's not only are these people that were on the plane lucky, but Boeing is lucky as well that they were so low. How I think they were like 1,600 feet, right? Yeah, only they were 16,000 feet high, which 16, I guess 000, is relatively low for an aircraft. So, so. so the one we were talking about, Southwest Flight 1380, which I don't know what kind of plane that was, honestly, but they were at 32,000 feet, okay? And when that happened, the small hole in just the airplane window sucked that woman out of her seat in into the window. Um, she didn't get sucked all the way out. She got stuck in the hole, obviously, because human bodies really can't fit through that opening that well. But, but yeah, like if they were that high, you would have seen a catastrophic event of multiple people going out of this large hole one by one. This was a refrigerator-sized hole. Yeah, exactly. Think about that. It's not. People would have been flying out so horrible. But don't worry. They made it better and gave everybody a full refund in $1,500. Yeah. Because that like, totally makes it Was it actual better. cash or like a voucher to take their shitty airline again? No, it's probably exactly. It's probably a voucher th- to take more flights. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I'm going to stick with the Airbus models. Of so so one of the cool like a cool story that came out of this is that someone on the ground found one of these iPhones that got sucked out of the plane and it was still working after dropping that far. You just you can't pay for marketing like that. Apple should really be using it. This happened with the Stanley Cup incident we talked about before, too, I where don't, a car exploded. Fucking cups. I, I seriously am so tired of talking about the, the the craze over a cup and waiting in line at Target at three in the morning to get a goddamn cup. It just now seems people like people were like fist fighting over so, these cups. At and my kids so my kids asked for them for Christmas because it's like all the rage, all the cool people have them. They're it's like carrying around a 20-pound coffee mug. It's completely impractical. It spills all over the place. And I just can't wait till that trend ends. Side note. Anyway, yeah, so that, but that happened with the Stanley Cup. Apparently, some girl had it in her car and it had ice water in it, and the car caught on fire. And when she took the Stanley Cup out, there was still ice in it or something. Did you see the reel somebody made that said carrying my Stanley Cup and they were carrying a trash can with like a PVC yeah, pipe? Because literally, that's what it is. It's, it's when you pick it up in the store, it's kind of like you're like, wow, this is kind of big and heavy, but whatever. And you don't take into consideration that you're putting 30 ounces of fluid into it. I think they even make a 40 ounce one, too. And when you hold it and then for me, it's like heavy as hell. And my kids are like under 100 pounds. So it must it's like half their body weight and shit. I, I just think it's like the dumbest trend ever. All right, let's get into some celebrity stories. 
So this first story, which connects to crazy plane accidents, is this actor, Christian Oliver, was headed on a single-engine plane. Also, I have a personal thing that I will never get on very small airplanes. They freak me out. But he was on a single-engine plane heading to St. Lucia with his two daughters, which are 12 and 10 years old, and the plane had an engine issue and crashed into the water, and they all died. So four people died, him, his two daughters, and the pilot of this plane. Yeah, I mean, that, that sucks, especially because it looks like he was divorced and the wife, the ex-wife wasn't there, obviously. And just imagine losing your children in this way is just terrible. But you know something that I was talking to Pop-Pop about this, about this uh, plane accident, the one we were just previously talking about? And it seems so, like, it freaks you out so much, but if you... T- think about it even on commercial airlines say like how many people died in commercial airlines this year it's it's just so so low right as a result of an accident not like a natural death or anything and then even private planes it's just it's all from all the planes that are in the air it's so low compared to how many people died alone today in a car accident but nobody's scared to get into a car you know what i mean so it's just something that you need to keep into perspective like that that incident makes me think like, oh, my God, I never want to fly again or I never want to go on a small plane. But small planes also fly every day with no issues. Like think about your uh, Taylor Swift and Kardashian, all these like famous people have private jets and they're flying all over the place and stuff and they don't ever have issues. You know what I mean? Well, that's not true because Aaliyah died that way. And that is true. And we did the day the music died. Yeah, we did. We did do a high profile or a celebrity death dissection on Aaliyah too about her plane crash. That was that was a horrible situation. Well, we actually we cut a story this week where there was a tourist bus in Lake George turned over, and I think one person died and eleven were injured. And I get what you're saying, like more people die in car related accidents than aircraft accidents, but I think it's this thing of. If there's an emergency, if there's an emergency with a bus, for example, that flips over, obviously there can be fatalities and it could be really bad. But because you're on the ground, there's this certain safety behind it. Like I have the possibility of getting out of this. Where in an airplane, what are you gonna do? Because you can if you jump out, you're dead. If people like- survive all the time, though, it's it's not like no one's ever survived a plane crash. Although I can't even, I don't think I'd ever want to survive a. <laughs> Yeah. A plane crash, to be honest with you. Okay, no, totally. so back in July of this year, Sinead O'Connor died. It was kind of unexpected and sudden. She was 56 years old. So she, for those of you who are younger than me, um, Sinead O'Connor was a singer from Ireland, and she was like all the rage in the 80s. She had a shaved head. She was really cool. She sung that song, No Compares. <laughs> that was like the big thing. It was just like, some weird video we used to watch on MTV of her just singing straight into the camera. It was it was pretty cool. But her son had died by suicide just, I think it was like 18 months prior. And she was really, really depressed about it, obviously. And a lot of people were speculating that her cause of death was suicide. But the coroner has come out and said that she died of natural causes. So... Even though all of the news stories say Sinead's cause of death revealed, it hasn't been revealed or I haven't been able to find her cause of death. Her manner of death is is, uh, natural. So there's five manners of death, accident, natural, suicide, homicide, and undetermined. And her manner of death was natural, but we don't know why. It also said that 
therefore ceased that they therefore ceased their involvement with her death. So it's possible that she might have had something like cancer or some kind of illness prior and she didn't even have an autopsy. So a lot of the news reports are also saying that this is her autopsy report. And that's another like misnomer. Just because the coroner's involved with a death doesn't mean they're necessarily cutting the body. They might just say they don't need to be involved because she was already be treated for some kind of medical issue. But we still don't really know her cause of death. No, we don't. And there was the assumption that she died by suicide and she was found unresponsive, but they've 100 percent ruled ruled out foul play. So I guess we might find out. We might never find out. But that's what they've yeah. come to and their we'll conclusion. You know, of course, and discuss that. There was a congresswoman and she was her family is suing a medical center for for medical neglect. Do you want to do you want to give some details on this case? Yeah, this woman had a wound from a back surgery that she received in September, and it had become infected because at the rehab facility, she was left to lie in her own feces in the bed for about an hour. So she had to undergo more surgery to treat this infection, and she ended up dying from a spinal infection while in hospice care on New Year's Eve. Yeah, and and, I mean, the the woman, her name is Eddie Bernice Johnson. She was a, a Texas congresswoman. And um, she was 88 years old. So, I mean, th- everything that comes with old age is just like it's harder to heal and everything like that. But if you have an open wound, the worst thing in the world is to put human shit into it. Like it's just you're just adding bacteria into an open wound and just you're just asking for an increase uh, in, in infection. And it's, it's so close to the spinal cord there, too, if it's open that it it just has direct access to to cause an abscess and cause horrible problems and death. So her family's mad. They think that she shouldn't have died. I mean, you're 88 years old. It's coming soon, right? But like, it doesn't mean that it had it in that way. And if you die from an infection because you catch a cold or whatever, that's one thing. But like when somebody wasn't doing what they were supposed to do, then that's considered neglect. So of course, the it was some Dallas uh, Medical Center hasn't commented because they're saying they don't want to break any HIPAA laws. And it's just like, nah, that's just your way of saying Let, we need our lawyers to look over this. Yeah. And it wasn't one of those things where like nobody went in her room for an hour. Apparently she was paging somebody for the entire hour and just nobody was going in there and caring for her. Yeah. And there, so I'm sure there's a special protocol in place for people that have wounds that are very close to where a, a diaper might go or where they might go to the bathroom. So. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I think it it's definitely worth investigation. Yeah. And so the family's planning on suing the rehab facility, which I agree with you. It's definitely worth looking into. All right. Let's talk about the next case. Okay. Actor Barry Keoghan. Right now, he's all the rage because this movie Saltburn just came out, which I won't be watching. But my friends Alicia and Rachel are absolutely obsessed with it. So this why, guy. Why won't you be watching it? it's i've heard there's really disturbing things and it's like a stalker situation which i don't really like watching and there's i know about a couple scenes that i don't even feel comfortable talking about with you as my parent (laughs) okay it's it's really disgusting but i know i'm more familiar with him for this movie that came out last year called the banshees of inishirin which he ended up getting an oscar nomination for and that movie i didn't really understand it when i was watching it because it's ends up being this allegory for the Irish Civil War. 
But after my husband explained it to me, I really was like, wow, this is the most genius screenplay in the world, the way they execute it. So basically, Barry Keoghan, before four days before he was supposed to film this movie that was so amazing, he ended up getting this flesh-eating bacterial disease. Uh, can you explain what it was for everybody and why it's so dangerous? Okay, so he said that he had necrotizing fasciitis, which is a, a, a fancy word for saying that he had a flesh-eating bacteria, which is what they usually say. It's not caused by one specific bacteria. It could be caused by lots of different bacteria. But the bacteria, these certain bacteria give off toxins, which then kill off the skin and soft tissue so that the the word necrotizing means death in, in pathology. And fasciitis is the fascia is just this lining that kind of encases your muscles. And the reason that this infection is so deadly is because if an infection can occur in the deeper layers of the soft tissue, it could travel up the fascial plane. So like in between your muscles and that's how it spreads so rapidly. And when you have an infection that's killing off tissue in between that, as it's growing along your leg or your arm, then that's really bad. And what they said that they possibly wanted to amputate his arm because that's what happens, especially in surgical pathology. We get lots of Sometimes it'll just be like a localized area and then we get a little bit more of an area. This one time, Annette and I were saying when we worked at the hospital together that we got pieces of this guy for weeks and weeks and weeks because they try to cut it out, but then it keeps on spreading. It keeps spreading. And at the same time, they're trying to treat with antibiotics and stuff. And it's just, it's very aggressive and it's very deadly. Almost 22% of people that get it die from this infection, actually. But the weird part of this story for me is this guy's young, he's 31 years old, and this usually occurs, like most commonly occurs in patients with diabetes, also in patients that are immunocompromised and stuff, so or obese, which he definitely doesn't have obesity, but I don't know if he has an underlying autoimmune disease or if he has diabetes. So that would be a question that I have because my first question when I read that was like, why did you get that? You're 31 years old. It's just kind of, it's it's unusual, I would say. Yeah, and the director said we were only about four days from shooting and his arm was all puffed up and he was like, yeah, I'll be fine. See you Tuesday. And he had no idea if he was going to live or have to get his arm cut off. Yeah, he and he probably has like a really gnarly scar actually because I'm assuming... They, they might have even cut pieces of his arm off and just just an infection like that getting deep into the skin is just nasty looking. Well, I'll keep an eye out because it's award season now and he'll be at every single show. So Yeah, but men don't usually gonna... wear sleeveless dresses. I don't want to say all don't, but he... Yeah, but he's, he he's might. <laughs> a little more stylish than... He doesn't just wear a classic suit. At the Golden Globes, he wore this whole red getup. Oh, yeah, so I saw that. That was I, he, I thought that was kind of nice, actually. I was into that. Did you Did yeah, you like he, that look? Or? Um, it, I mean, it's. I appreciate the effort of being different because I think, as you know, we talk about this all the time, men could get away with just looking incredibly handsome in a plain tux where the women get, like, staked to death when they try <laughs> to take a risk. So... I do really miss Joan Rivers so much, and it's just not the oh same God, without her. She was, she was so great. Um, All right. I applaud his effort, but it wouldn't be my first choice. All right. Freak accidents. Okay. So this next story is 
this uh, woman and her husband were jet skiing in Russia, and he made a sharp turn. She falls off into the water, and apparently he hit the gas, and the power of the jet after he accelerated caused her to have a genital rupture, to which she later died. So we, I personally think a, a genital rupture is just kind of vague, but the water getting sprayed so hard close to her vagina could have caused a perforation through her uterus, which could have caused a significant bleed. It could have caused, I mean, we, we've we seen cases of people that have had severe trauma to their vulva and vagina just from having sex that causes large bleeds and hematomas, which could end up, I guess, in theory, if they bled out, if, if they could they could die from that too. But I, I had this one specific case that I posted in the gross room once called Blow It Out Your Ass. I have very creative names for my uh, titles for my articles. But this one was about these mechanics that were working. And one of them had the high, the air that from the, you know, putting air in tires and stuff. And they thought that it would be funny if from the compressor, they thought it would be funny if they took this hose and stuck it like in the butt of one of their coworkers. And what happened, because this is what like young guys do. They do dumb shit. Like it just reminds me of like a jackass moment, right? So the guy puts a hose up to this other guy's butthole and the air is so strong that it perforates the guy's colon and he ends up dying from it. And it's it's the same thing. You think like, God, air could do that. And it's like, yeah, when it's coming out that hard, it could do that. And it's the same thing with water. So I'm just assuming that if if they're saying it was a genital injury, it could have went like traveled right up her vagina and through her uterus and popped a hole right through and caused her to bleed to death. I mean, how many times do we need to understand that like sticking foreign objects up your butthole is not a good idea? Well, <laughs> exactly. I I think um one of my friends who's the uh, trauma nurse on Instagram, Lewis. He always has said to me that uh, people don't understand how dangerous jet skis are. He's a trauma nurse in Miami, so he sees a lot of these injuries, and he calls them like motorcycles of the sea. And we know how dangerous motorcycles are, so it's funny because we were just down in Florida, and, and Gabe was saying, like, look at all these people jet skiing. And I'm like, my children are not going on jet skis. Sorry, it's not happening. Like, you guys can do that when you're over 18 and when you're by yourself but like when i'm in control of this it's not happening because they're not safe like in my opinion no totally all right so there's a lawsuit going on right now with these parents that are suing a, a candy maker who made these candy land themed gummy candies that apparently their child that was three years old was chewing on and this candy got stuck in the child's airway causing a lack of oxygen the child is permanently has permanent brain damage, paralysis, um, can't use her bladder anymore. And so they're suing the, the maker of this candy. Yeah, I mean, they're saying this three year old ate this candy and it became so sticky that it blocked her airway and that they were having such a difficult time getting it out themselves. And even the hospital staff was having a hard time getting it out. So I guess the flaw was in the candy's design because it was it was sticky and getting stuck but not dissolving and going down. So I don't really know because 
I was thinking about other candy, and I guess realistically, you could choke on any type of candy, but there is a point where they have to be responsible if it's not dissolving in the way it should. Did you did you ever even see this candy? I've I've never we're huge candy people, and I feel like I've never even heard I've of never this. I've never seen it either because I I just went to like that huge candy store in Savannah, and like I didn't I didn't see it because I love Candyland. I just played it last night with my kids actually, but um. I just don't remember seeing it, but I don't know if there's other reports of accidents with it or anything like that, but they're asking for $50,000 for the child's injuries just because the, the the child's kind of permanently disabled. It's just, it just sucks, but I, I do agree with you that there's, there's a certain, le- I'm always like a, a person that's, there's a certain level of this, but Honestly, like now that I think about it, any little kid chewing anything, I mean, this could happen with like fruit snacks or anything that sticks together like that when it melts. You know, like remember that time you left like a bag of gummy peaches or something in your car in the summer and it like made one giant like square of melted. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when that kind of stuff gets breaks down and, and gets hot from your body temperature and stuff. So. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just something like parents should always think about anyway. All right, get on. Let's talk about this exploding toilet. This guy at a Dunkin' Donuts outside of Orlando, Orlando, Florida, is saying he was going to the bathroom when the toilet exploded, leaving him covered in human feces, urine, and debris, to which he goes out of the bathroom <laughs> covered in all of this stuff, tells the employee, and they're like, oh, yeah, we were aware of an issue with this. Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what happened because I'm not a huge I'm not a plumbing expert, obviously, but clearly there was some kind of a blockage somewhere that dislodged, unfortunately, during this time when this guy was using the toilet. I also don't know what an exploding toilet is like. Did it just push out the water on him or did it break the porcelain of the toilet as well? Like how well, much did it was expl- covered in? debris so is debris gonna, toilet paper like what's debris i i don't know like what is the extent of this explosion i also want to note that he's seeking a hundred thousand dollars and i just want to say yeah this is a horrible accident and everything and i'm sure it was disgusting and he's gonna have trauma but think about the last case we just talked about those people's child is disabled potentially for the rest of her life and they only sought fifty thousand dollars from the candy company which i thought was a little too low in this case and this guy wants double that because he had shit on his face i'd be cool with just like a gift card to duncan for the rest of my life or something (laughs) just be like this is your vip duncan gift card um we're sorry about that i don't know i come on like the thing is is that obviously like his shit might be all over himself but if there was a blockage and lots of stuff came out with it it's kind it's kind of really not only is it gross but you can be exposed to all sorts of viruses and just like bacteria and i don't know if he really it said that he got bodily injury and i would say that he could have if the if the porcelain broke i didn't even listen like i don't want to sound dumb or anything but i didn't even know that a toilet could explode i didn't even know that was a thing so it's like just another new fear to add on the list. Did you ever think when you went into a public bathroom that it was going to, like, explode no, on you? And plus, he but, had to be sitting on it, right, if he got hurt by it. So, like, 
Yeah, because he wasn't at a urinal. It's not like when you're in a female's bathroom that you're just you have to sit no matter what on the toilet, unless you're in Europe because they just have holes in the so, ground. At so rest it's stops. just like the water ski accident, then, right? Like how? Who knows how hard that water like shot up his ass? Like you just don't. Well, know. I'm picturing I'm picturing this like rumbling. <laughs> He's like shot up, and the toilet just explodes, breaks apart. He slammed oh, against you know the when, bathroom stall. You're saying like when in Goonies, remember when like like a chunk and sloth are underneath of the ground like tapping on the pipes and then that guy troy like the jerk was sitting on the toilet and all the water shot up and he like went up into the air is that yeah, like your pic- your picture <laughs> that's what happened to him i'm picturing this total cinematic experience that i don't know like that's i'm I'm sure it was not like that at all, and it was just something ruptured and some water splashed on him and everything, and I guess that could be technically considered an explosion, but I'm just picturing this absolutely horrific scene. I feel like this would happen to Mom. Mom. She's always getting into situations in Oh, yeah, this would definitely and- happen to Mom. It probably has happened to Mom, Mom actually. Was this Mom? Mom? Exactly. All right, talk about this case. So we had a couple cases this week that happened in Philly. So we always want to talk about local cases that happen near us. Yeah, and they're not shocking at all. Friday night into Saturday around 2 to 3 in the morning, this woman climbed over this fence outside of Xfinity Live. Xfinity Live is this bar that is smack in the middle of our three major stadiums. The Phillies, the Eagles Stadium, and the Sixers slash Flyers play in the same stadium. So it's like in the middle of this whole stadium hub. So this entire area is gated off by these really high, I think 12-foot tall fences, right? Yeah. They're really high. Maybe eight feet. Anyway, pretty high. And they're, they have those spikes on them, and it's because that's where everybody goes and parks their they're cars. They're like raw so. iron fence they're probably aluminum but they're like look like wrought iron fence yeah so everywhere in this area is covered by these fences because that's where all the parking lots are for the arenas so basically this 48 year old woman is trying to climb over one of the fences at two o'clock in the morning there was a sixers game that night so i'm wondering if she was at the game and then went to the bar and was intoxicated or leaving So she climbs over the fence and her leg gets stuck, gets impaled, and then five hours later, somebody finds her dangling there and she died. Yeah, it's it's really nuts. I I'm curious, like I there's definitely like surveillance cameras out there, right? So they oh they they know what happened. Yeah, there's no way there's no security cameras. So I have two theories. Either like yeah, like you said, she was at the bar and she left and kind of stumbled was stumbling home alone although why would she be trying to climb back over the fence do you think her car was in there maybe is that um, a possibility here's the thing. i went to the scene of the crime on monday night yeah it's it's really great so she asked she asked gabe to drive her to the flyers game and then she's like wait a second pull over i need to go check out something really quick yeah so on scene well, reporter he was willing, Gabe's so nice, he was willing to drive me around everywhere, but the, when there's a game, the cars and traffic are say, so chaotic, so I felt bad, and I was like, it's okay, pull over. So I got out, and I walked around, and even though these fences are everywhere, there are exits, and there's areas where the gates are smaller, because it's where the driveways are for the parking lots. Um, I just, and 
Also at Xfinity Live, there's other smaller fences that she probably could have hopped and got out way easier. I just don't see a situation in which this would be your first option. She was probably... Well, we don't know because we don't want to say we didn't do the autopsy, but there, if it, she could have been drunk, so then take any explanation out of the out of it. But also another, so the other theory I have is that someone was chasing her and she was trying to get away and get over the fence. These fences are, I mean, that's a really good theory. And these fences are so high, and the way they're designed, I, if you're in the gross room, I'll put a picture on uh, today's episode of the fence that I took the other night. It's not particularly an easy fence to climb, and I wouldn't ever think of scaling something like this because of the way it's designed. And knowing the area, I just know there's easier way out, and it was either some form of laziness, like I don't want to walk five minutes to go to a smaller entrance, or yeah, that she was being chased or something, but it doesn't make any sense. I have to imagine there's so much security in that area because of how it's set up and everything so i'm sure they know and we just don't know but they did say the injuries were consistent with the gate so yeah so let's talk about foul play so let's talk about how she actually died so if her leg was impaled that means that a major artery like the probably your femoral artery in your thigh was was nicked or if not totally blown through and she bled, she is what we say, exsanguinated. So she bled to death outside of her body. So it, you would see a, a large volume of blood on the ground until, until she, when she was found the next day, until she died. But uh, there would be liters of blood on the ground. I mean, I will say, that, I mean, it was nighttime when I was there, but I did not see so, any blood. So I did say to Gabe, I'm like, I know that the medical examiner is not going out there and cleaning that up. And Gabe's like, yeah, that's why they call the fire department. So Gabe, Gabe has been called multiple times to go hose down large volumes of blood. So that's probably what happened. Yeah, that, yeah, because it, it could have very well been in the grass area right behind it, but I didn't, it was dark out. So I didn't see it in that area. It's not particularly lit. I do I do want to say though and I understand what we've talked about in the past is that that area can be pretty dead at nighttime because this happened at 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning and if there's no event happening and the bars closed why would anybody be driving there there's not a neighborhood there or really anything else to do but the stadiums but I ju- it is on a main road where she was allegedly dangling not allegedly but where she was dangling so I just don't understand how nobody found her for five hours. Like, not an entire person in the city of Philadelphia drove down that street for five hours, even if it was in the middle of the night. I just refuse to believe it. It's right off of a highway. It's easy to cut through there to get to certain neighborhoods. And I feel like there's a lot of people that walk around there at night, too, that are up to no good. <laughs> but I just, I just think there's... A po- no possibility nobody found her for so long or somebody saw it and was like this ain't my problem yeah I, I i don't really know all right the last story in this category we're going to talk about is an explosion that was at a historical hotel in texas so right before this explosion there was a really strong odor of gas oh my God. and then the yeah and then the explosion was powerful you smelled enough the gas the gas like the guests, yeah, some of the guests and people walking by on the street. So the explosion was powerful enough that it blew concrete off of the street level and 
It allowed firefighters to peer down into the levels below, which some people were down there and they were trapped and they had to get them out. Um, I want to say that this happened at three o'clock in the afternoon. And I think if this happened in the middle of the night when everybody was sleeping in the hotel, this could have been way more catastrophic. The restaurant at the hotel was also closed and there was only a few employees on staff at the time of the explosion. So they were injured. But so 21 people were injured as a result of this. No fatalities. I feel like this honestly could have been so much worse if this was in the middle of well, the Well, apparently they said one person was in critical condition and four people were severely injured. So it's not like just because someone didn't die. I mean, they might have really horrible yeah. injuries for the rest of their life. And like Maria and I have this is like one of our biggest fears because we had a situation like this almost happen to us that when we were this was before I got married and stuff, we were living in an apartment together and we always smelled gas and we would call the landlord and complain about it and just say like, hey, can you check this out? And we ended up moving. That was when we moved into Gabe's house. And yeah, but we were out of Gabe's house for a few months and then all of a sudden all of our friends and family started calling us and asking us if we were okay. And we were like, what are you talking about? And here our apartment building we were living in blew up from a gas explosion. And there was, it was a big old Victorian house that was split up into like five or six apartments. And our apartment was just one of, one of them, but we had moved out. And I guess just like a lot of people didn't know we moved out and it, it was right in the center of our town. So everybody just knew that we lived there and they, they thought that it, it was that, wasn't it like same thing, like three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, like we totally would have been home sitting there and on the couch yeah. and it just freaks us out so much because we would look at pictures of the apartment that were completely on fire saying like, oh my God, we would have been sitting right there. Like there's just such a chance that, that we wouldn't even have survived that or the one only the only person that was home is she was so severely burned all over her body. And then we had to talk to the prosecutors because we were like, yeah, this guy was ignoring us. I heard I smelled gas like I, I was like raising my hand to talk. But wasn't about it this. one of wasn't it one of those things too where our our gas bill? Was oh, yeah, that's like how 50 cents. And then the upstairs gas bill was four hundred dollars. Yeah, it was something, something outrageous. Like when I moved in, the woman that was living there previously was like, listen, there's something weird about the gas bill. And even though we have the biggest apartment, because we had the two bedroom apartment, it's cheap. It's really cheap. And the people in the upstairs, their bill is really high. And you you might just want to like call PSE&G. That's our electric company and ask them about it. So when I moved in, I called and I was like, hi, my bill is like $5 a month. And I don't know, the people upstairs bill is $300 a month, whatever it was. It was like, mine was ridiculously cheap, even for living in a small apartment. And I said, and I called because I was like, I don't want to get a bill for like $3,000 one day because you guys aren't yeah. reading the meters or whatever, right? And I called and they said, yeah, everything looks fine on our end. Just like, I, like you know, nobody took it seriously and and what happened was the guy had taken this building and split it up into apartments himself and didn't do it the right way and that's what happened there was the gas explosion um the girl smelled gas she was on the top floor one of the people living in the building she was a young a young woman um she turned the the um 
the knob on the gas stove to see if she left the stove on by accident. And when she lit the pilot, it caused the explosion. And I mean, she, I don't even know what's up with her now, but she was in a burn center with like a huge percentages of her body, skin grafts, like all of that stuff. So um, I ended up seeing her. I worked at a restaurant in the town too. And I ended up seeing her about two years after the accident. And she, so I, I've seen her and she definitely had burns all over her body, but I think that she has been able to, like, she's not severely impacted by it. She can walk and everything. Yeah. I mean, th- that that's good to hear, but it's just, it is, it's so scary because when you're at a hotel, obviously you're on vacation and you don't ever, even though they show you where fire exits are and everything like that, you don't ever really think about it because you're on vacation and you think something like that's not going to happen, especially if a business is on top of it and they have staff that's checking it all the time. But especially in old buildings and stuff, like you don't know how things were set up beforehand. And I I can't, they they also didn't 100% say it was a gas explosion. Like they're saying, like investigators haven't come out and said that. They just said it doesn't look like foul play at this time. Yeah, and I just want to end our our personal story with this is it's not like it happened years later. We moved out in November and this happened in February. It was very shortly after we moved out. Yeah, it was and very easily could have been yeah, us. Yeah, it was so it was so scary. And then one of, you know, Caro like always used to come over on the weekends too and this is when I was working at the one hospital and like we would hang out on Saturdays and we would go to the mall and have dinner and stuff and then it's like it's just so scary to think like what could have happened. Well, we're thankful for Gabe and our sweet baby Angel Lillian for (laughs) saving our our lives. This episode is brought to you by The Gross Room. Do you want to explain for everybody the awesome work you do in there? Yeah, so The Gross Room is kind of, it was kind of born because of the extreme censorship that I get on Instagram and I made this blog that you can join and you could subscribe to, and I do post deeper dives into all of the news stories. So, for example, last week we talked about NFL player uh, Michael Williams and his death, his untimely death at 36 years old from a dental abscess. So I do a deeper dive into cases like that to show like what that would look at like at autopsy and kind of go into more details than we can get into on Instagram or the podcast, especially because some of them are uh, autopsy pictures and stuff can be really graphic. And we also just do so many things. Like I, I was telling you that the Southwest flight, we we look at cases that are kind of high profile and we break it down and we show all of the photos that we can find from those cases, but also just what things might've looked like at autopsy when these people died. So I think it's a, it's a really educational website, but we also have a lot of fun. It's a great group of people. You could comment back and forth to each other. People have made friends on the gross room, and we we just love it. And there's posts every day, lots of content, lots of videos, audio. We do we do audio of a lot of things. And actually, we were doing this podcast for like what a year before we started yeah. this this public one. So if you're interested in the podcast, too, you could go back and listen to all of the old episodes when me and Maria were first starting out with this and we're stuttering all the time. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it's it's cool and it's an it's just like a nice it's a nice meeting place for people that like are into things that are a little bit weird but want to learn something too. It's 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 awesome. I love it. Yeah, so especially we have 50 episodes before Mother Knows Death launch you could tune into. We read all of the high profile and celebrity death dissections on audio. Today, for example, I'll be adding a couple pictures into this episode's post for more information. So make sure to visit thegrossroom.com. And you can join for only $5.99 a month. And if you hate it, then you could unjoin. But you know what? We have sales once in a while that you can join for only $20 for the whole year. And most people that start month to month, they jump right on that because they just love it so much. So see you in the gross room. All right, Rhea, let's get into violent crime. This story is so disgusting. This 22-year-old filmed herself beating her two-month-old daughter and then sent the video to her child's father. So then she kept following it up with even more. She texted him a photo of the baby lying on the bed with a blanket covering the nose and mouth, which could suffocate a small baby like that. And the video showed her forcefully pushing the baby, screaming at her, calling her a dumbass bitch. Then she followed it up with text message that said, Stuck with this thing until she dies. Makes me sick that she doesn't have a different father and I can't love her because she was a part of you. I'm going to enjoy my 20s. Left your sperm in the house with a cat. Wow. So, yeah, absolutely disgusting. So the the guy that the father of this baby brings all of this information to the police they go to her house, she won't answer the door, and because they think the child's in danger, they're not letting it go, so they have a handyman open the door before they kick it down, I assume, and then when they get in there, the baby did appear to be in okay condition, but they arrested the mom, and then she did confess to doing all of it. Which, did you even need to confess? There was evidence of you doing it. What did I... Well, I hope she's spending the twenties in jail. That's what I hope. Like for yeah, what and her thirties, and her forties, and her fifties. Like yeah, she's just an asshole. And like, see, there, there's always like this debate on like whether people should be allowed to have children or not. And like, I just think in cases like this, there there should be some kind of like mandatory sterilization. Like she should never be allowed to have a baby again. That's it's just seriously disturbing. Yeah, and you know, there's things called like adoption agencies, so you could bring your child that you're so quote unquote disgusted by, and at least give that child an opportunity to go to a loving home instead of just abusing them. Can't you? Can't you actually? I feel like there's like these things. There's this law that you can bring a baby that's like under one years old to a fire department and just be like, "Here, I don't want this baby." Yeah, it's like a don't ask, don't tell situation. As long there's as you're trying to give even. the kid. You know, yeah, as long as you try to give your kid a better home and you want them to have a better life, yeah, you could bring, I I don't know this for a fact, but you can bring them to like an adoption agency or an emergency personnel and they can help you. Well, I think, I think that the reason that they set up these things at fire departments and stuff is because people like, let's say, for example, this woman was feeling this way. You can't, you're not going to down her for feeling this way. The guy did her wrong. She hate, she, she doesn't want to look at the kid, whatever. But when you're having those kinds of feelings, that's when it's like easy for you to just go and drop the baby off to a, a fire department and be like, I don't want this kid instead of beating it. But when you have to think about adoption and stuff, it's just like, okay, that's like, 
you got to find a place. You can't just like, it's not like a very impulsive, like, let me get rid of this kid right now thing. I know that there's like, they put these like boxes outside of some firehouses where you could stick the baby like in the box. Actually, no. That doesn't seem right. No, it's crazy. Like I just, I was just telling Gabe, I read an article that someone dropped the baby in one of these boxes and one of the firemen at one of the fire stations adopted the baby. It's, it's it's seriously it, such a heartwarming it story. is it's it's Makes me it, because there's so many people that want kids to so just like give the kid to somebody else and there's all these laws that like you won't even get in trouble if you put the kid down but she seemed like she wanted to hurt the kid to show the guy that she was hurting the kid and there's a disconnect there with like you being yeah. a mom like that guy hurt you there's plenty of I'm sure. Uh, allegedly. Like, we don't even know that this guy hurt her. Well, she felt hurt. Doesn't mean he definitely Yeah, exactly. Did but I'm saying, like, there's thousands and millions of women that get hurt by guys all the time that don't beat their kids. Like, there's, there, you have to have some kind of a disconnect. So, no, people like this need to rot in jail. Like, seriously. All right. Another- I mean, the thing is, is that she didn't even, she, like, the baby's relatively okay. So, she's probably not going to go to jail for a while. And this will be, probably be a cycle in her life, no, so. Uh, no, I don't know. It depends what the video shows, you know what I mean? All right. Um, yeah. Another Philly story. This this is so weird. So these two men are fighting at the SEPTA station at 34th and Market. So you're familiar with the area. I am, too. It's where a lot of the colleges are, busy area. Um, and they're, like, holding – if you're watching the YouTube – they're like holding each other, <laughs> gripping each other, but nobody's really doing anything. And the one guy is pinned against a pole in the train station. So the guy pinned against the pole breaks the hold and throws two punches towards the guy that was holding him. That man falls, loses his balance and falls into the track. And not even a second later, the train comes and hits him and he dies. He couldn't have timed that any more perfect like it just the video well there's a video online of it it's yeah so this woman is recording the entire thing up till a couple minutes after the death occurs instead of saying like yo there's a train coming back this trip like no all she said was thanks now me and my daughter can't get home wow so and people are screaming it obviously I feel like I'd pass out. I didn't if I listen. Saw you know what? Actually I didn't listen to it with volume. You know I no, have my you weird gotta volume listen. thing. You gotta listen to the audio because it's people are screaming and this lady is just so pissed she was inconvenienced. I'm like, how are you videoing this entire altercation? It's a foot in front of her too. Wouldn't you back up if people were fist fighting like that? Yeah, but I now her shit's going viral, so apparently <laughs> she did the right thing. I don't know. But so the the guy that oh, sorry go no go, I was gonna say probably gonna say. what you're gonna say is that that guy's gonna get charged with homicide. Yeah, he fled the scene. They later Obs. found him. They believe he's homeless, and he has he has a bench warrant for an unrelated strangulation charge <laughs> okay. in Delaware County. Um, which for those of you who aren't familiar with our area, Delaware County is in Pennsylvania, not Delaware, even though it's like. Two minutes yeah, but it's like Delaware. right next to Philadelphia. Um, yeah, so he has an unrelated strangulation case. It's still unclear why the fight even started, if they knew each other or what happened, but it it's insane that this entire thing is on video. So I guess from our perspective, it's interesting to see exactly how the death occurred, but 
very strange that somebody thought to film the whole thing, including up to a couple minutes after. So two interesting so. cases the Philly ME got this week was a person that got ran over by a train and a person that was impaled on a fence outside of the stadiums. Cra- yeah. Crazy. All right. So we talked about this next case um, in the gross room when it happened. This was back in October. But all right. T- tell a little bit about what happened here. This was actually the week before we launched Mother Knows Death, so I for a second thought we covered it on our first episode, but we didn't. So this guy's wife died, and he claimed she had a rare illness, which was, he. I can't even say this. Did you have this written down? What it's the cold, autoimmune disease uh, was? Choline or something, but, oh, the, the autoimmune disease? No. So wait, let's start off because you're leaving out a huge thing. This guy is a Mayo doctor from the Mayo Clinic. He's a resident, and he was also a poison specialist. I was getting there. Hold so <laughs> so this guy, his wife died under suspicious reasons, and that's why we're even talking about this story. So as Maria was saying, he she died, and it was supposedly some kind of autoimmune disease that he said she had, but they did testing and found out that she didn't have it. And the the wife's friend said that she did say that she she started experiencing all of these really horrible symptoms and went to the hospital, almost like you would see in a food poisoning. And she said to her friend, like, I got sick after I ate this milkshake that when I was have. I don't think that she was suspicious that her husband was poisoning her, but she said that her husband made it for her. Well, you're leaving out the major red flag here is that after she died from this alleged autoimmune disease. He insisted she was cremated and did not want an autopsy. And they were like, mm, no. Yeah. So we're going to do it. And then he that's brought it on. The, yeah. He brought it on the radar himself that it was like, oh, I, you know, just because of religious reasons or whatever, I don't want her to get an autopsy. They were kind of like, why are you pushing this so hard? So they so they raised the suspicion as as well. And it all kind of came together. So that's when they discovered this poison specialist was poisoning his wife. So, and yeah, so he was yeah. using a drug called, I'm going to screw this up. I wouldn't even cold, say it. Coltrulene or something. I don't know. But it's, it's, a, gout it's a gout medication, a liquid gout medication. And obviously it treats the gout. But also if it, that's like if it's under five milligrams, right? And this, so this is one thing that people, that people don't realize, which is which is pretty cool. So this woman, she goes to the hospital and she's having all of these symptoms and everything, and she's really sick. And they take all this blood work. She she dies a couple days later, but like your blood work and your blood, we save it at the hospital for a little while. So they were able to go back and take her blood that was taken after she was admitted to the hospital and found that oh. she had this drug in her blood, and it was twenty nine. It was 29 nanograms, which isn't the same as milligrams, but she she had it in her system. And that was enough for them to be like, why would she have this in her system at all? Because she she's not on this medication. Then they, it, while they were doing all that research, they also found that he was doing weird Google searches trying to see what her weight was. You know, like how uh, medications are based on the dosage of medications are based on your weight. So he was trying to figure out like what her weight was as opposed to what like amount she would need, which is like, why would he be looking that up? Right. So 
And then, of course, everything unfoils, like when they figured out that this that that he did this and everything. And what does it boil down to? Money. Money. Always. And debt. He had astronomical debt. They were considering her, according to her friends, that she was considering getting a divorce and he wanted the life insurance money. Didn't he so. say something to, so apparently he was $450,000 in debt. I don't even know why. I mean, I guess a lot of that could be medical school or whatever, but he he said to somebody that he was going to get a $500,000 life insurance policy when she died. Well, if he took it out on her, then yeah. It's, it's just like. I, I think that that's so amazing when people do stuff like that. Like, how could you hate somebody that much that you're going to kill them just so you can get money to get out of financial trouble? It's, like, really scary, actually. Well, as we see, it's quite common to take life insurance out. Um, but why this is relevant now is because initially he was charged with second-degree murder, which really confused us because it was obvious it was planned. But now it's been upgraded to first-degree premeditated murder which maybe they have to wait till a grand jury has enough evidence to go with a charge that severe i don't know how that works but he is now formally charged with first degree premeditated murder and he's expected to be arraigned in five days good yeah so uh yeah and, you can't and also, just kill like, your why, spouse and have nothing happen and also so. why like do you know how hard it is to go to like to go to medical school to get into medical school like what are you doing dude like what are you thinking? Uh, and like, I feel like there's this, there's this sense of, I don't even know, like where young people, especially my age or in their early thirties don't understand. It's like, okay to be in some debt for, for a while. Like, it's just not realistic that all of your debt is going to be cleared by the time you're 35. You know what? You and know what? I get actually, so tripped out by it. You know what I was thinking? Like, it's possible that he could have got away with this, honestly, because the normal toxicology that they would do at the ME's office would not test for this drug because why would they? She wasn't on it and it's n it's not a common drug. If he didn't act so shady with the like pressing for cremation thing, even though her blood was in the hospital. So even if she got cremated, they don't even need her body. Like that's just you're a moron. He's clearly and an you're idiot. a doctor, right? Like you don't know how this shit happens. That's the that's the thing. Like they a lot of residents and stuff, like they have no idea what the process is in the hospital and he should have known that right away. But that's kind of a side note. Um, but yeah, if if they didn't if they didn't test for that and he wasn't doing those Google searches, he probably more than likely would have got away with it. They would have just been like I don't know, like she, she you know, sometimes they just don't know how people died and she got sick and that's it. He I mean it's it's kind of his fault, but just I mean, I'm glad he got caught, you know? Yeah, but he's an absolute idiot. All right. Medical news. Yeah, this is really scary. This lady was 35 weeks pregnant. She went to the hospital with severe chest pain. They blew it off as a panic attack and indigestion. And then about a week later, it came back really strongly. And this is where I feel really badly about it is because her husband really was like, you need to go back to the hospital, and she didn't want to because she was afraid of being dismissed and blown off again. But he really encouraged her to go back, and it ended up being this huge problem. So she gets to the hospital, and they decide that they're going to do a CT scan. And while she's at the hospital, there happens to be a family member there that works there that's just like says the key word, which I'm not sure she ever said to her doctor. So we don't want to 100% blame doctors right away because if she didn't say this i don't think 
that she was dismissed. So the family member's like, um, we have five people in our family that have Marfans and have had an aortic dissection before. I think you should do an, like an extended CT scan on her. So all of a sudden, like if doctors heard that from day one, she wouldn't have been dismissed. I'm not sure that they heard that from day one. That's all I'm saying. So yeah. she so they listen to this family member who then does the the more extensive scan and they find out in fact that even though she doesn't have symptoms of Marfan's, so Marfan's is a connective tissue disorder and it is genetic. So she doesn't look like she has Marfan's. They always say that that, that there's a possibility that like President Lincoln had it. It's a very like tall stature and they have very long fingers and there's all these different sorts of things that you see with people with Marfan's and she didn't have any of that. But it is a genetic connective tissue disorder. So they looked into it and like, yes, she has an aortic dissection. An aortic dissection is basically like your aorta has three different layers. And if there's a tear in the middle layer, the blood goes, instead of being in the tube of your aorta, it, st it starts going up in between the two layers. And so instead of the blood going to the heart and going around the body and everything or from the heart and going around the rest of the body to supply oxygenated blood it's now going up this new like track that it's created or it's dissecting up inside the layers of the aorta and that could cause a massive bulging that could eventually burst and if it bursts forget it you'll die but she was at the point where it was dissecting up and it was they really treat it as an emergency because if that thing bursts, forget it. They they can't help you. This is actually how um, John Ritter died. We did a celebrity death dissection on him years ago. Um, so it's it really is a medical emergency. And it's just it's kind of rare. And it's even more rare because this lady was 35 weeks pregnant. So luckily, she was so far along. But they basically came to her and said, we're medevacking you right now, and you're delivering this baby and getting open heart surgery. Like, that all happened. Could you imagine getting delivered that news? No. Yeah, so... It's it's so scary. So they they said, you know, they it, they she had great doctors. They did a great job. She, she delivered the baby. Obviously, she couldn't see the baby, really, right after. I mean, she did see the baby, but didn't know she did. So they were doing all this cool stuff while she was in the ICU, skin to skin. They would, like put the baby, the naked baby, like on her skin just so she could create some kind of a bond, yeah. which, which is really great that they did that. And, um, so she's fine. And, but she did get diagnosed with another genetic, uh, connective tissue disorder called Loewy's Dietz, which is even more rare, but they're saying like, you can't have another baby. Like, don't even try no, it. And you know, at least at least she was able to have a healthy baby out of this situation. It is sad that it's probably it's the end of her like pregnancy journey, but at least there's other options today if she did want to have more children and she did have that satisfaction of having her own child. It's this situation so insane to me, but it's awesome to see that both scenarios ended up coming out okay. Oh my god, yeah. Like I I mean they literally told her husband, like, your wife almost died and you almost lost your wife and baby. They, I mean, thank God for him, but really thank God for the family member who said something because I I don't think, I think of a 35-year-old woman goes into the emergency room that's pregnant, that's having, 
what symptoms she was having, I don't think it's messed up for them to think that she was having panic attack. That's the more likely situation. But if you if you have any family history of like a weird syndrome or anything, you have to tell the doctors because it just changes their whole course of what they're going to be looking for. Yeah. Well, in another unusual tale of pregnancy, <laughs> this is this this is this story is like I don't even know if it even fits on our podcast, but like I feel like I have to talk about it because it's just the craziest shit. A 28-year-old is being held in jail pending a trial for committing a murder, and her mother was quite shocked to find that she is pregnant. And it turns out that she got pregnant because another inmate on the floor above her passed her a semen-filled glove through the air conditioning vent on multiple occasions, and it all went from there. I mean, listen... In theory, that's like artificial insemination, right? Like it could happen, it could work. It in theory, the the, the mom is saying that she never met this dude. She, she only has a relationship through the the heater vent with him. And I mean, that's a thing. People talk through the toilet. Heater vent, love. Yeah, yeah. There's this whole show on Netflix where they like showed them talking through the toilets. Yeah, well, in a in a city prison that was like stacked multiple levels. Yeah, so that's like exactly what happened, except it's a heater vent. So they came up with the idea of of him getting her pregnant. I mean, do you think that she was like, "Hey, can you send me a photo of yourself through the heater vent so I could like see who I'm about to have a baby with?" Like, I don't think when you're at that level you care. And he's since been removed from the facility, so it's kind of sad because they just wanted to be together and. They're never going to touch, so let them talk through the vent. Who cares? They only could touch through a glove. Do, do you think that that really happened? Right, but it, I think really crazy stuff goes on in jails, and I it doesn't it it doesn't like I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. So I or or a guard got her pregnant. Yeah, and like she's making that excuse up. Yeah, because I feel like it just should be impossible. It's it's kind of crazy that people have been in jail forever, right? And and it's like they these criminals just keep coming up with new ways to escape jail and to do things like this. It's it's just like they like the people in charge just can't outsmart them ever. It's how how again related to Philly. Remember, like nothing was more insane than that guy crab walking off of the wall at that jail. Oh yeah, us. exactly. But and then he was on the run. For a while, yeah, near my in-laws' house, that was like, and they in, they closed Longwood Gardens. Gardens. Yeah, exactly. He was hiding in Longwood Gardens. They didn't just even close it for no reason. He was on the property. Well, I'd hide there too. Okay, so this last story in medical news is it's kind of fun. I and I I'm curious of your thoughts on this. The University of Maryland School of Public Health is trying to learn how illness spreads. So they want to know if you would like to spend two months with them in a hotel room and they'll pay you $1,900. But the caveat is, is that they're going to put a person that has the flu there and you're probably going to get it. I don't think that's enough money. It's even if you were just going for two months for $1,900 to sit there in a room, it's not enough money because that means you can't be going to work. I mean, technically... Take me, for example. Technically, I could work out of a hotel but, room, right? 
Yeah, you could. I guess I guess if they're saying that you can that you could s- just do your normal thing if you're like working from home or something. So, yeah, so $1900 would be extra money for me because technically I can execute my job. Yeah, if you could from if anywhere. you could do two jobs at once, then that's fine, but are you like going to feel like doing your work if you have the flu? Cuz Uncle Louie no. had it last week and and he's a hard worker and not like that and he was like laid up in bed for a couple days like what's why would anybody want to intentionally get the flu it you feel like you're going to drop dead like why would anybody want that i i don't want that i mean people might want to do it now ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars you might be like okay i'll try it but it's not even that's a different story it's not even that though like the flu like you can die from the flu you can you can have serious like long term effects from the flu. Why would anybody do that? Also, also nineteen hundred dollars is not enough to pay the average person's bills for one month, let alone two. So I just think it's not. Yeah. it's not. So worth it. so basically, they're preying on on poor people that are desperate. To do this, I don't ever want to be sick, not, so I don't really want to cool. pay. Yeah, if it was. If it was 20 G's, I mean, I'm 29. I'm pretty healthy. Like, maybe if it was, like, substantial, but... It would have to be substantial enough that you're like, oh, I could pay off my student loans or I could pay off my mortgage. So, you know what I mean? Like, something that was going to be, like, life-changing. And, yeah, they're just saying that patients will mingle together in the air-conditioned, air-controlled environment, playing games, talking, and watching TV... And they're going to check to see how the virus spreads through air. So this is also being held at the Lord Baltimore Hotel. And I just want to say... Don't go there. I don't want to stay there ever again. (laughs) Don't go there right now. I don't know who would agree to this. Yeah, I I don't know either. It's just... I'm interested in your thoughts for you guys' thoughts. Because, I mean, they do medical studies all the time that are like, hey, I, I did it, honestly. Like, I took an experimental HPV vaccine when I was in my 20s, which, like, in hindsight, I'm like, what am I, freaking idiot? But ki- people do that. That's what they do. They prey on people that need money and that don't have a lot of money, particularly, like, college students or people that are out of work or something. I I see some sometimes that are for, you know, like, migraines or, like, egg retrieval, like, stuff like oh, that. The do- but, yeah, the, the like, donating of the eggs was always, that's a big one to prey on college students. That's a, that's a big money maker. Yeah, it is. Cause, you get a couple thousand for that. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like you have to think about, oh, like, you're going to get all these hormones, so you're going to be nuts. And then it's like you, you have a boyfriend, like, oh, you really shouldn't have sex with them because then you're, like, extra going to get pregnant. There's, like, all these extra things and then also your kid's going to be walking around somewhere and then you think like i don't think people are thinking about that when they need the money yeah i know it's it's just nuts other death news navajo nations opposed to sending human remains to the moon so let me explain how we got to this point because it seems a little far-fetched a couple of days ago the first ever private lunar lander launched its way to the moon um, so when this article was initially written, there was not yet problems that have come out later. So if this lunar lander had stuck to its landing as planned, it would therefore become the first American spacecraft to touch down on the moon since Apollo 17 in 1972. So first question, why haven't we been to the moon in 50 years? Right? I, I don't know. 
I mean, there's I there know. are there's a lot of stuff that happened with NASA, and then they did the space shuttle program, and then that ended up bad twice. Also, we did high profile dissections on those in the gross room, and um, yeah, they're I they they just it it's very risky, and it's a lot of money involved, and there's. They're even mixing the the one to the moon, right? Now, the one that was supposed to happen. Yeah, so now this one, uh, six hours after its launch, had technical difficulties which sprung a leak and caused it to lose rocket fuel. So now they don't really know the future missions plan for this vessel because they're having issues pretty much immediately, right? So where it gets messy is because two companies have sent cremated human remains in the lander as well as other forms of DNA. Um, so part of those cream, they're called cremains, which I thought was a weird word, like combining cremated remains. I've just never heard it called cremains. No, that's, that's the thing. But the cremains of 40 people, including science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke and Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry, were on this vessel. So the Navajo Nation has a problem with this because the moon is central to their religious reliefs, especially in most indigenous people groups. So they see landing human remains as really offensive and disrespectful to their beliefs. Um, there's a lot of arguments against this, saying that space exploration and research shouldn't be halted for religious beliefs which i i think this is teetering a weird line of like i think there's a way to go about it that's respectful but also like i agree that you can't halt research because you just can't please everybody you know yeah i get that well apparently since 1994 i i never knew this until today you could have a burial at space Instead of at sea or wherever oh, really? you choose, so you can you could choose to either be a uh, orbit around the Earth, be sent into deep space, or you can be go to the moon. And that was one of the things on this flight, this particular flight that was happening right now, is that they're just sending people there that want to be cremated at space. <laughs> Which, well, yeah, and I think which is like I think they're th that's why you say with like the the Navajo people and stuff. It's like you I I don't know why you can't respect their feelings because like it doesn't need to happen. It it's just like if they feel if a whole entire group of people feel that way about it and like it's kind of so th so these space burials are start off at two thousand four hundred and ninety five dollars, right? So. To, to send to, to send a capsule of cremated remains to the moon or something, it, it is, it's not, that is that much. What are you talking about? That's three thousand dollars. Like this, it's yeah, it's but frivolous. like if you get cremated, it's yeah, but if you get cremated and you don't want a full ass funeral, like that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I get. I guess it's cheaper Funerals than a funeral, like tw and ten it, to twenty thousand. It does come with a memorial service too. So exactly, I don't so know. I'm seeing it as a deal. You're, you're putting anyway, it on your list of things that you want. I don't want to go to space ever. I'm. Good. I do actually. Like, I I told you I want to be in the Smokies. I <laughs> I want to be in space, but like when my big toe is cremated inside of like a capsule, I don't think that I'm really gonna I'm really gonna care about it. But anyway, well, I think the way they're getting around it is that the remains will not 
like ever touch the moon, they're just going to be in the vessel that orbits the moon. So I think that's the compromise that has been made. Well, it's not going anyway, right? That's th- this is their like this is their karma thing that they're they said, "Nah, Navajo, we're ignoring you. We're going to send this thing up anyway and now it don't work." Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I like like I said earlier, I think there's a way of going about it that's respecting somebody's culture but also like not halting important research or well that's yeah, not but even research. That's what I'm like, trying to tell just... you. Like it's frivolous. It's not like like yeah. I could see if they want to put human like actual human remains, I don't know, lungs or something in some kind of machine to see how people breathe up there. Like that's research. Just because you want to see if there could be life up there, if you could, if you could live up there, right? You don't, yeah. You don't just saying like, oh, so and so wants to be buried on the moon. Like that's ridiculous. It's just frivolous. It's like not necessary. I don't know. I mean, it 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 ain't happening anyway. Like they're for yeah, exactly. Major technical difficulties. They're turning around and that's it. They're not exactly. even going. Navajo Nation put it in the universe that they did not want this to happen, and it's not happening. Well, it's so I think we all need to take that as a sign. Yeah, exactly. But I I like that philosophy of thinking that it's really deep spiritually, and you shouldn't alter that. I like that. So I'm on their side about this. These stupid rich people are, like, sending these rockets up and have no idea what they're doing, and they fail. So joke's on them. Okay, on to the questions of the day. Every Friday on the at Mother Knows Death Instagram, we post a little question box so you could ask whatever question you have. It could be personal, medical, whatever you want. We have no problem saying pretty much anything on our mind. So first, will we ever do live shows? I don't know. I never really thought about it. Did you? No, um, I don't we know can. what we could really do. I mean, I, yeah, like I guess we could do exactly what we're doing now but on the stage and then take audience questions. I mean, it wouldn't really be hard to change the format. We probably just sit on a stage with an iPad with notes and yeah, talk about it. I mean, it. we could. No, I'm not opposed to it. Um, yeah, not opposed. We just got to see what the deal is. Um, this is from our dear friend Amy Lochran. Are you freaked out when alone in a room with a corpse? Um, No, I'm not. I've been alone... Uh, in the morgue plenty of times with a dead person I just don't really I don't really care I I think I'd really care <laughs> I'm not as desensitized like, as you but think do. about this like why is it gonna like what's it gonna do that to you weird it's literally safer it's than a live person to me. like it's safer than being next to a live person they can't do anything they're dead. Yeah, but, like I'm somebody that has to like talk a lot, as you know, when I'm in uncomfortable situations, and if I can't talk to like a body just laying there, it's gonna make me put feel on really a podcast. Weird. It's lit. It's okay. it's just it's the same exact thing as having a steak on your countertop. It's not it it's not going to attack you. Do, are but you, it was a person, I, and it was a cow. Know. Like what's the difference? Yeah, but I don't I don't often deal with cows so i'm not thinking of them <laughs> in a live shut, state uh, shut up you're so ridiculous okay glasses do we ever sleep well you don't sleep ever you sleep three hours a night. so so i don't sleep ever i sleep like yeah a good night a good night's five hours um th- i just don't sleep i don't i don't think i require that much sleep but I got this like aura ring thing that I've been wearing 
just to tell me how shitty I sleep. And I do sleep shitty. I don't what like when you sleep. So you wear this ring at night and um, it tells you like lots of different metrics of your body, but it tells you how well you slept and how well you're prepared for the next day. So your sleep score, for example, like what's the highest number it could be or what's the number it should be? I never really like looked that up. I so I have one too. So I I would say my highest one I I would think it would be out of 100, right? Because it's a number, but the highest I've ever had was 89, which was really high, but that was a night I slept like 9 hours over the the winter break when you were on vacation, so maybe that's why I slept so <laughs> nice. <laughs> um I had an 89 and it told me that that was really good. But you know, mine's often, I feel like mine's often not great, but what I really like about it is last night, for example, mine was like a 63, but I ate dinner really late and then I was reading a book really late. So I didn't go to sleep until about midnight. And then um, I also drank a coffee really late yesterday. So it'll be like your heart didn't steady as easy. What's the terminology they use? Something Resting that my heart, heart rate... Yeah, my resting heart rate wasn't great, which they believed meant that I ate too late, which I did. It is it is really crazy. Late. Like it'll say like, "What did you do different? Did you eat late last night?" And I'm like, "Fuck, man, this thing knows." I ate it's like, yeah, it's it's good though because now, especially like I kind of already knew that, but now that I see like this, I I constantly am like, you could ask Maria if you noticed since I started wearing it that I'm like crazy about eating dinner at five, like no later than six o'clock. I just, because it really, it really makes me sleep worse than I normally sleep. So I'm like getting a little bit hardcore about it. So it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. And like from a data perspective, you know, like I was sick a couple weeks ago. I'm sure you could tell in the episode I'm sick. I like had a fever and I looked at it gives you a little chart of where your heart is and your stress and your calm levels every day. And it's insane from a data point of view, seeing what a day being sick is versus a normal day. I was it gives you these little red lines when you're stressed out and it was red the entire day, not just blips of the day. My heart rate was elevated because I was sick. So that was definitely interesting to see. And I just don't even think I realized the impact that has on my body. Also, I use natural cycles as birth control and it syncs right up to that. So that's been amazing because for four years, I had to take my temperature with a thermometer every single day. And I can't tell you how annoying that is and cleaning it. And like if you forget to do it, it's very annoying. And now I just wake up and I open the app and it puts it in and it's been amazing. So if you guys want even more information on this. We have an affiliate code. You could go to either our favorite things page on thedoormodder.com or you could go directly to auraring.com, which is O-U-R-A ring.com slash Maria Q Kane K-A-N-E. So they have all the information you need to know there. There's more benefits. It syncs up with some, it has its own app, but it also syncs up with apps like Natural Cycles. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I have... I'm a gold person. It looks good with my gold rings. How about you? Yours is yeah. I have rose, rose gold. gold. So <laughs> yeah. So um, it's cool. Like I, 
they recommend you wear it on your pointer finger. I wear it on my middle finger because I go in and out of just being bloated because I eat so much salt, which I need to work on. But um, yeah, it's been really cool to have. I hated it. And- I hated it for the first day. Remember, I was like, I can't do this because I'm yeah. not used to wearing. I'm not used to wearing any rings except my wedding ring, and then. I was like, it's too, it's too tight. Like, I don't know. I just had all this stuff. So then I ordered another size to wear it on a different finger. And by the time that one came, I was like, now I'm used to this one now. (laughs) I just get like real, I don't, I'm not like a ring person, but I just take it off. Really, I only take it off when I'm cooking dinner and put it on the little charger. And then I just wear it all the time because it's good to have that kind of data of, of what your heart rate is every day and stuff, especially for me as you get older. But it's really good too for people that work out and stuff that you can monitor all of that that stuff as well without I don't the I don't like the the one that Gabe has is like a watch and it's a little bit more bulky so or for lazy bums like me it'll be like do you want to stretch your legs a little bit and I'm like damn it's really it's really awesome. The, the only time I ever saw that is when we drove down to Key West and we were in the car for like so many hours every day. It was like, hey, you want to get up and stretch your legs out a little bit? I mean, I you you do all the content for the website and Instagram and everything, but editing the like I edit these episodes and that takes a couple hours after we record it. So I just sit, I feel like way longer than you, but I really need to work on in the morning just walking around my house a bunch or something because it's too much yeah true thank you for listening to mother knows death as a reminder my training is as a pathologist assistant i have a master's level education and specialize in anatomy and pathology education i am not a doctor and i have not diagnosed or treated anyone dead or alive without the assistance of a licensed medical doctor. This show, my website, and social media accounts are designed to educate and inform people based on my experience working in pathology so they can make healthier decisions regarding their life and well-being. Always remember that science is changing every day and the opinions expressed in this episode are based on my knowledge of those subjects at the time of publication. If you are having a medical problem, have a medical question, or are having a medical emergency, please contact your physician or visit an urgent care center, emergency room, or hospital. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother Knows Death on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.